Gunlod sat me in the golden seat, poured me precious mead. I'll reward she had from me for that, for her proud and passionate heart, her brooding foreboding spirit. The poem, Havamal, of the Poetic Edda. Hello and welcome everyone to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. This is episode 75, Mead for All You Milk Drinkers. And yes, this is Classic brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and our website, questgamingnetwork.com. Today's record date is Middos, the Frostfall, the 11th of Frostfall, and I am your host, and Tamrielic Traveler and Imbiber of Libations, Ivarwin. And I am joined. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. It's Freydas. Well, I mean, what day is it? I don't even know. <laughs> well, we're, I mean, we're, we're recording this on, on, on a Freydas, but we're releasing it on a Middas. Um, and I'm halfway through a bottle. <laughs> a bottle. Wait, is that, is that what you got going on over there? Yeah, I got a bottle of mead here. Well, this we're is going to talk about mead. This gentleman so right here mead. <laughs> is your is your mead mixing publican, Mike, the Tamrielic historian, already already halfway into his cups, it seems. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing I'm going to read is all about how you know to be a scholar and a scald, and you know you have to drink mead. So I've been you know drinking mead. <laughs> and and do you feel more scholarly? <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do I do think that there is there is a thing to this which you know we're going to get into with you know during your your reading of course because I I read what you're referring to and um, I absolutely loved it and I had a thought or two about it from things I've heard before so um, I'm interested in, in getting into that soon um, but first we need to introduce the strongest man in Tamriel he'll have a crown royal with his mead Zephin well thank goodness I have that crown royal with the mead because I already finished off the mead. Wow, you just you yeah. just guzzled that mead right down. Uh, well, you said take a ten minute break, so I took advantage of it. That's that's really <laughs> you're really taking advantage of that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, my fellow mead that's drinkers, that's a true Nord right there. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, he's like ah, or something like that. Anyway, Zephyr, what are we doing today? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? We're playing Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. That's right. Actually, we've got the um, the survival mode engaged. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, good luck engage? with that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm playing my... my uh, well, well, we'll talk about it later, but... but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we, we also have a discussion on why Skyrim feels like home. Yeah. Plus, our facts question of the week... The Crafting Table, This Week in Tamrielic Holidays, Our Gameplay Challenge of the Week, and Tweets and Emails. Well, no no tweets and emails, unfortunately. Why not? Well, no one's been emailing us. It's very sad. What? Yeah. No, no, one, no one sent us an email in all week. You know why? I don't know why. Too busy with QGN Con. That might be it. I was going to say they're too busy drinking mead, but... <laughs> Getting scholarly? Uh, they go hand in hand, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, side note, folks, 
send us your uh, your 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 ideas, your thoughts, your suggestions because we are uh, we're in desperate need of them. We we haven't had any in, in quite a quite a while here for the show. So um, it would be it would be great if if you did this way we could we could feature them on on our next uh, our next show. Yeah, tell us what you're doing in game. You know, give us a story. Ask us a question. Just say hi. Yeah. Tell Bye. us what kind of mead they have in your state or your country. Ooh, Good. I'd like to hear that. I very much. I mean, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found out that uh, the mead I'm drinking actually comes from very close to where Wicked Wolf uh, got his new house. Oh so, yeah. So he's gonna have to, you know, make a trip. I think. I uh, I think so. He 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 enjoys mead, right? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Well, good. All right. Well, uh, Mike, let's uh, let's stick on you for a few seconds here and uh, and show us uh, what the what the stars in Aetherius proclaim for us today in the Two Moons horoscope. Thank you. This one's time in Valen Harbor, Harbor has proven a fruitless journey. While I have found the Argonian woman with the red eyes, no matter how many times this one approaches her, she refuses to share the knowledge this one requires. This one has helped many of the people of Valen Harbor liberate their fair town from an orc and a redguard attack. However, this one has learned that the orcs may not have been from the far north as members of the Daggerfall Covenant, but a local tribe of the green. And they are pretty green themselves. So soon, this one may enter the forest to find more information. But before this one enters the dark forest, where howls are heard in the night, let us look to the stars for portents and signs. Masser and the Caesarine are in direct opposition, which predisposes one to tension. You should keep a low profile today and postpone any important decision. Stress will snap even the most subtle of willow branches. Tomorrow morning, those not in the right mind may find themselves broken and washed away. Demonstrate patience and wait for Secunda to pass between the twigs, and subdue Masser's anger. So, dear friend, this one will embark into the forest, not today, but soon. And until the skies are more favorable, may warm sands be in your future. Ah, Jazodar, thank you so much. You are very welcome. <laughs> what uh, what sort of holidays have we had in Tamriel since the last time we uh, we jumped on the mic? So we have a really nasty one and then Nocturnal Summoning Day. Oh. So the nasty one is Kurat, or just being a big rat, I guess. Uh, every town and fellowship in the Rothgarian Mar Mountains celebrate Kurat, the day when the finest young scholars are accepted into the various priesthood. Even those people without children of age go and pray for the wisdom and benevolence of the clergy. Now, the Rothgarian Mountains, for those that don't know, is the home of the Orcs of Orsinium. Right. And then Nocturnal Summoning Day, uh, Hearthfire the Eighth, Daggerfall, this is the summoning day for the Lady Nocturnal. So get out your skeleton keys and go find her. That's right. Go get her, guys. Go get her. Go get, get her, her Ray. Ray. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, what have you guys been doing in, in game lately? I mean, I know I know um, we're we're hot off the heels of uh, QGN Con, so so not a whole heck of a lot uh, of of gameplay. I'm sure has been has been going on, but uh, you guys got anything at all, Zephan? Uh, yeah, I've been working on my monk in Skyrim and playing a, a bit of that. Uh, you know, I decided to 
go a little bit further in the main quest with that character and uh, went and took on the Thalmor, which I was very excited about. <laughs> you know, normally when I go and, and I take on the Thalmor, I, I try to be very sneaky about it and I just kind of sneak my way through there and see if I can make through the entire thing without getting caught. Right. Yeah, you were telling me about this, actually. You uh, you went in there with your... Now, now for, for, for those of you who are not sure about what Zephan's talking about here with a monk character, um, we've been streaming this on late late night Elder Scrolls when, when we've had the opportunity. And uh, basically, this is this goes back to, to a mod that, that you, had, you had downloaded, right? Yes, I was uh, Way of the Monk. Okay. So you're taking this, uh, this, this Khajiit of yours... With uh, Way of the Monk, and, and now you're just walking into the Thalmor Embassy with it? Yeah, yeah, and originally I, I went, you know, my uh, my roots and just started to sneak, and then I decided, no, I'm just going to kill everybody here. <laughs> I just, I just, it, was, it was just a massacre. <laughs> oh my god. And I got so many kill cams, it made me very happy. <laughs> I just had a ball. <laughs> Awesome. Um, but yeah, so so I went a little bit further than that. I was kind of um, sad though when you know I went a little bit further in the main quest, and there's that that part where you have to go back to Rift or to to Riften, you know, mm -hmm. and um, to to continue on the quest though, I got to talk to uh, what's his name, uh, Bernyolf, yep. and um, he wants you to do a quest for him. He basically wants you to do, you know, some thievery stuff. And my character is not about that. Can and... you actually break into the, the Ratway without starting the Brynjolf quest line? Well, it's not saying that it's optional. Because, I mean, I know where he is. I, I could just go, and I, I suppose I could test that out. But there was, it, first of all, in the journal, it had stated that it wasn't optional to talk to him. It was, you have to talk to him to continue down this quest. And then when I talked to him, there was a dialogue option that I could persuade him to just give me the information without doing the quest. However, I tried everything I could to persuade him, and it wasn't happening. Mm. Uh, apparently, he wasn't buying into it. So, so you know, I thought, well, I could just do this quest for him. And I was like, you know, you know what? I'm going to stick to my roots. I'm going to stick to this character. And I'm going to refuse to go down that road, and I'm going to go level up my speechcraft just so I can persuade this guy so I can continue on with my quest. Wow. So that's uh, that's what I'm doing right now is working on leveling up my uh, speechcraft. Damn, that's some dedication, man. You know, most people would just be like, ah, the hell with it. Yeah. But uh, not the strongest but man in Tamriel, that's for sure. No, I'm going to stick to it. His tongue's going to be so <laughs> strong that Brynjolf will melt. Uh... <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> oh my god, this guy's saying such sweet nothings. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm going to go throw up for a little bit, so uh, what, what have you guys been doing? <laughs> well, um, I have been uh, playing uh, Skyrim Survival Mode, and uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. It's, it's a complete pain in the ass. <laughs> However... Uh, you really do have to think about the game in a completely different way, um, especially when when considering, you know, the fact that your uh, your inventory has been dramatically reduced and um, armor now adds uh, warmth to to your character, and and uh, warmth is is something that you constantly have to manage as well as your hunger. So I'm curious about. 
something. Uh, just a quick question on yeah, that. Yeah. Do you get bonuses to your warmth if you're a Khajiit? I don't know. I don't know, but that would be you great if you did. command the weight carry uh, out of the way? You get Probably. Bo- you get bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you get bonuses to to uh, I think your your uh, inventory management for being a Nord. Um, you might you might get a bonus to warmth as a Khajiit. I, I mean, to me, it makes sense. I mean, you're covered in fur, right? Yeah, exactly. What if you just put a Khajiit on? Um, it's actually for, uh, warmth. You get bonuses to warmth for being a Nord. Fortify warmth. Your Nord blood improves your resistance to cold environments by 25 points. And resist frost. Your Nord blood gives you 50% resistance to frost. So you might. You might have something like that as a Khajiit as well. Nice. Considering that you're covered in fur. I don't know though, so so I haven't I haven't rolled. This is my first character um, in, in Skyrim um, survival mode. Which, um, at, at the time of this recording, it's still free on on the uh, uh, Creation Club. Um, but I think after this weekend, it won't be anymore. Which, we're releasing this on a, on a Wednesday. So, you know, at this particular point that you're listening, it's not free anymore. Um, but so this... now, when you, uh, when you picked that up, did you have to roll up a new character? Mm-mm. No, no, you could just plug it in so after this week does that go away and then it just goes back to normal play again with that character no no you have it you just have it yeah you have it um if you sign up for the beta you were you got it for free um and then bethesda added an additional week to whatever wherever you're playing skyrim if you want to download off the creation club survival mode that just offered it to you for free after this week though you have to pay for it I see. Okay. Yeah. Now, what if you uh, decided, you know what, I'm really not enjoying this. Could you just shut it off? Yeah, absolutely. You could turn it off awesome. anytime. How do you turn it on? Because I, I loaded in a character today, and I was having trouble with uh, turning it on. So, um, you turn it on by, uh, when, you, when you have it downloaded, okay, um, and you log into your character, it asks you if you want to turn that mode on. I believe you can turn it off uh, at the um, at the main menu. Okay. I believe so. I have to look and see. Yeah. Um, if it's got, I mean, I'm looking in the the uh, the the uh, game menu right now, and there's there's no indication here that you could turn it on or off from here. Okay. Um. It's not just like in your gameplay settings. No, it's it's definitely not there. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, I would imagine it's it's just like a in respects to a mod where you, you could really only turn it on or off from the the main menu. You yeah. know, right? And and I know um, you can turn it off. You can so because I read it pops up with a dialog box because I the first when I when I first downloaded, um, when I first downloaded this this uh. You, mod essentially um when i first downloaded it i was i logged i I got into skyrim with varwin and you know he's obviously a character that existed way before the the mod started so i got a dialogue box that popped up and said you know would you like to turn survival mode on for this character 
And then it lists all the things that would change, and it said yes or no. Well, for, for Avar, when I hit no, but I created a new character, which um, I'm playing him right now. He's a, a Nord named Tormund, and uh, <laughs> he's very Nordly looking. Um, after I got through all of the... Um, I think it was after I, I, I got through all of the, uh, the initial stuff in Helgen, I was then asked if I wanted to turn that on. So, so even when you create a new character, I think once you get out of Helgen, uh, that's probably why. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, is that it? It doesn't actually kick on until after you're done with Helgen. Mm-hmm. That was my experience. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I want to check out. I just don't want to be stuck with it if I, you know, don't enjoy it because it's you know, the survival mode, just like with uh, Frostfall. It's one of those things where, when I really want to get into it. I really enjoy it, but after a time, it's more of an annoyance to me, and I don't, I don't want it to be on all the time. Yeah, uh, you, you definitely have to. I, I, I agree with that. I, I think for sure that you have to start this, start your character knowing that this is something that you're going to get involved in, and then be able to st- jump over to another character after it gets gets annoying. Um, here's the thing. All right, I, I, I feel as if I'm playing. Skyrim version of of the uh, of of Daggerfall like uh, Daggerfall type of gameplay settings, and it's tough. It's very tough. One of the things that I I'm definitely missing from from Daggerfall is um, being able to wait for an hour and 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 heal my and be able to heal my my uh, my health and my attributes because in in survival mode your uh, your health does not automatically regenerate. What about your magicka? Yeah, magicka and stamina does, but based on on the effects that are that you're under at the moment, they might heal slowly or up to a certain point. I'm going the wrong way here. So you have to be aware of that. So, for example, right now, get under my active effects. My character is both cold, fatigued. Um, and, and has a disease. Um, it's because I was fighting skeevers earlier. So when your character is cold, you move 10% slower, and your lockpicking and pickpocketing is 30% more difficult. And when you're tired, your magic and stamina regenerate 40% slower, and benef- beneficial potions are 20% less effective. Wow. Yeah. It's a hard hit. However, yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so this is why I'm saying like you've got to you when you play survival mode, you're thinking about the game in a different way. I'm I'm less goal oriented as far as my quests go and more oriented in do I have enough to get me from point A to point B and then when I get to point B, can I survive what's in front of me? That's really how I'm playing this game now. So I have my my inventory weight is dramatically reduced. And a lot of it is is food, and f- certain food uh, helps more than more than others. Like for example, it's far better to cook your food than to eat just raw stuff. For example, I've got twelve carrots in my inventory right now, not because I want to eat them raw, but because I want to use them as as ingredients to cook. But but I could eat it raw. And, and I see you stole those carrots. I stole. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is <laughs> I, I 
stealing food now from I'm, the mouth of the hungry children of White Wren. More, more like the uh, the for the mouth of hungry Tormund. Um, T- <laughs> Tormund here is not he's not he's not a goodly knight, not at all whatsoever. He is he is a barbarian and a uh, and a and a uh, a, a, a low rent Nord from a very small town. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Yeah, let's say you pick up some mead or some uh, Cirilli Brothers wine. Do they have drunkenness in this uh, mode too? Um, no. God oh, damn it! No, you don't get drunk, but it, it does have its own beneficial features to it. So, um, if you start to get hungry, it says it, it gives you a little indication there. It says you're feeling peckish. If you slam down a, a bottle of mead, it actually gets rid of that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it does fill you up a little bit. It does. <laughs> right. So, so this carrot, right? It'll it'll restore a single point of health and restore two points of hunger. But I made some nice apple cabbage stew, and this restores ten points of health, three hundred and eighty points of hunger, and it restores fifteen points of stamina. Wow! I mean, you can't uh, even... if you eat like a rabbit, you know, eating just the carrots. Of course, you're always hungry. Mm. So. You could see how cooking your food is a lot better to to do. Oh um, yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, it's a very big difference there. So, so I, I take it you don't just uh, pick up every little thing you find in dungeons anymore, since your carry weight's so much smaller. No, absolutely not. You, you really got to be smart about it. And and your just because the the armor has more armor rating does not necessarily mean it's going to be more beneficial for you. Because you're running around Skyrim, and it's freaking cold as hell out there in, in some places, of course. Um, and, and that's another thing, too. Skyrim is divided up into um, lots of different uh, temperate climates. So, obviously, in the far north, it's the frozen tundra. You know, the cold can kill you with this turned on, so you've got to watch it. Um, farther in the south, it's less of a problem, but it still is a problem. You know, if you get attacked and it's nighttime out in in the plains of Whiterun, it's a little harder to to fight back than it is during the day, because chances are your character has been out there long enough in order to get pretty cold. So um, you got to wear armor that that not only adds armor rating but also supplies warmth, and you'd be surprised. You know, not necessary. It doesn't. The next, the next um, level of armor, next tier of armor up from what you're wearing, may not necessarily be desirable in this mode for you, depending on what's going on. I've skipped a lot of iron armor and, and opted for uh, leather furs simply because of that. I wonder how the Dark Brotherhood pajamas do. Um, I don't know. It's a good question, though. <laughs> It's a good question. Um, another thing too is uh, if you add a little role-playing aspect to this, uh, things get even worse for you. Um, you know, my character is is he's a, a hick Nord, so to speak. So guess what? He's no not, spells. He's not using spells. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's all I can do to actually make potions. Uh, I'm having a hard time in the game right now because. I don't You're about have... to die. <laughs> I am. I'm, and... Yeah, I'm noticing your health is very low. You're not even eating. The screen is pulsing, <laughs> pulsating. Right. Yeah, and, and that's because, like, if I eat right now, um, I, I mean, what am I getting? 10 points of health and 380 points of hunger. So 
there's really not a whole lot of benefit to eating food to simply just gain health. It, it, it's not a lot of benefit there. Um, you know, maybe I can get the screen to stop pulsing, my heart to stop palpitating, but other than that, most of this, you're going to be running around uh, with a low health bar until you learn how to make health potions. And uh, because I'm no longer welcome in Whiterun... <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to make your way to another uh, hold, huh? Pretty much, yes. I uh, I killed Nazim yesterday. <laughs> mm. Got to say, you know, if you go outside of Whiterun there, there's those farms, and many of them have uh, wheat, which is one of the main ingredients for... Uh, Health potions. Absolutely. But uh, getting you around. Can't go back to white run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and you can't fast travel either. There's no fast traveling. And you don't have a horse. Nope. Stole a horse. He ran away. So, um, you know, I'm at a point right now where I may, I may have to, I may have to turn myself in because it's, it's getting really hard for me to survive out here refusing to use um, restoration magic and not knowing how to make health potions and too too uh, frail right now to go dungeon crawling and um, the wolves are kicking your butt the wolves are coming after me I am diseased it's nighttime it's cold and I'm not allowed back in white run and Riften's way too far away and there's really not much else in between so what do you do <laughs> Looks like you have to go to to make your way around the mountains to go to uh, Falkreath then. Might have to, yeah, over to Riverwood, right? Uh, right Riverwood's no, no. still part of the White Run hold, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, you'd that. have to walk past there. Yeah, you're gonna have to get past there, and you're gonna, ha or you have to go the other way, and you're gonna still go through. Uh, right, it's like it, uh, I mean, you're literally like you're you, you really feel the 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 presence of being in the middle of nowhere. I might have to go to Falkreath. Yeah, I, I mean that's the only. Because you can't go north. Because no. if you go to Morthal, you're going to freeze your butt there. Exactly, and and you have to get, and getting to Morthal is no picnic. No, <laughs> so it's quite the predicament. Um, you know, I'll give you updates as we as we play. I know we've got a lot of interesting uh, stuff to talk about with the the history of and whatnot. Um, but uh, maybe I'll find uh, a huge cask of mead and we can slam it back while talking about uh, about mead and how awesome it is in Skyrim. Yeah. So we're going to start with the, some real-world stuff. Uh, in Norse mythology, the well, poetic mead... Well, what about you, Mike? What have you been doing in-game? Oh, what have I been doing? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing uh, some ESO, um, and I have been... Um, put a poll out there, because I'm going to start a new character just for this the Skyrim playthrough here. And I put out, should I have a mage sneak archer, a warrior sneak archer, a... was it? A thief sneak archer... And an archer sneak archer. And right now, archer sneak archer is in the lead with 47% of the vote. Mm. So I have to figure out a way to make my character look like Sterling Archer and play Sterling Archer in Skyrim. Okay, <laughs> an archer sneak That's archer. That's why I wanted to know if, you know, <laughs> drinking mead would make you drunk. <laughs> Jesus, my favorite. <laughs> I told Liz she has to get me a list of uh, good uh, mods for the way that she plays because, you know... Sterling Archer is a womanizer. So. <laughs> Bad Archer. Bad. <laughs> Sorry. My cat just 
jumped on it anyway doesn't matter keep uh so <laughs> all right Pretty so decided to attack huh? yeah yeah attack of the kitty um all right go ahead so yeah so that's uh you know i'm gonna start a new character in a skyrim playthrough and just you know a lot of stuff in eso little things you know a lot of stealing going on um you know, getting ready for the witches festival i keep uh trying to pickpocket a vampire because uh for those that don't know you can get blueprints to make coffins and coffin lids, uh, wooden versions, from vampires in the game. If you find one that you're able to pickpocket. And there's not many. So, uh, I found one that uh, the forums has listed and talked about quite a bit. And it's a matter now of trying to pickpocket a coffin. Or a coffin diagram. Hmm. How, uh, how successful do you think you're going to be with that? Um, I've gotten a lid diagram. Um, I've died a whole bunch of time because she will bat swarm you if you if she catches you. Uh, and she is what's considered a hard pickpocket. So even at max level here on my pickpocketing skill, the second attempt is only seventy five percent chance. Right. So, you know, not a good uh, percentage chance here. No. <laughs> no. <I'd say laughs> so I not. die a lot. You know, and you got to pretty much get to that that third pickpocket in order to get purple quality stuff. Yeah. Giving up repairing armor just for that reason too. Which is festival? It. <laughs> it's on its way. Which is festival? Yep. Getting excited for it. Yeah. yeah Have you been to uh, the manor yet? What's that, Mike? Have you been to the manor yet? I haven't. No. Ah, uh, we got a haunted forest going on. We got some torture devices. <laughs> Well done. The daggers have been working on their, their basement hovel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, it should be really in as much gold as some people have sunk into buying one of the houses in, in ESO. <laughs> What's that? We've sunk as much gold into you know decorations as some people would have sunk into buying some of the big houses. Well, I think um, I think that's the whole point of the uh, the decorations. There is to to do exactly that. So. Yep. So that's good, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to checking that out. I didn't know that there was so much going on with it right now. Yeah, we're um, hopefully going to have you know some type of big party in a couple weeks. You know, have some type of guild event in uh, QGN Manor. Maybe give away some prizes, things like that. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I still have a bunch of uh, QGN Con t-shirts uh, left over. I'm I'm starting to reconsider. Um, not, uh, not giving them away or anything, you know? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, in any event, um, anything else, Mike? That's been it for my in-game stuff, you know. Okay. Not much. Alrighty. Well, uh, how about, uh, how about we jump into, uh, the history of, I know we've got a lot to talk about with Mead. And, uh, kind of excited to sort of get into it. Hey, you wouldn't have thought that there was this much to talk about mead, but, you know, it's enough to make a whole show. <laughs> quite, quite literally. <laughs> and you know what's funny is, um, you know, I was reading the uh, I was reading the notes there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, pretty much like, you know, it's kind of odd that Mike chose mead. Like, of all the things that, that you, could, you could really talk about when it comes to lore, he decides, you know, mead. And, and I'm thinking, like, 
Oh, that's it's, it's, it's a weird choice. So I was I was definitely interested in seeing what was on the notes there, and and I was really surprised at how much like how much you had, and not only that, like how like really like good good lore stuff you had in there too. Like it's really cool, and it makes a great case for how culturally centric Mead actually is for the Nords. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck a goddamn bear. And <laughs> <The> a bear. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, at least he held on to the torch. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. I'm like, oh, he's going somewhere he ain't supposed to go. Yeah, I think you were heading towards uh, Bloated Man's Grotto. Pro- probably. <laughs> I thought, I thought uh, hey, you know what? There's a little thing over here. I could, I could easily get over these mountains by simply just taking this little path. And there's like, oh, I'm a bear. I'm like, shit. Yeah, that, that path is Bloated Man's Grotto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now wolves. <laughs> yeah. It is not going to be a Varwin's night here without some health potions and restoration magic. No, no, it's it's uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> sorry, sorry for curse. You might well, just you know, eat some of that food just to get your health up at, at least a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's not even. It's like it's it's not even worth it. Uh, Two dozen uh, potatoes. For a point each. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that bad, man. It's well, I mean, you see how much I'm eating right now, and it's like it's not even going up a little bit. It's retarded. <laughs> anyway, and now you've got and poisoning you for me crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, no a, it's a rough night of our one. <laughs> Survival mode is definitely not easy. But I am enjoying it. Can you imagine playing on legendary mode? For now. Oh my god. They, they Actually, Bethesda said something about that too. They're like, oh, you know, if you wanted to make it even harder, don't forget about legendary mode. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I can't How imagine. What for punishment could you be? <laughs> really? It's, god, at that point, it's like... It's, I can't even imagine. I, I, I mean, trying to get out of Helgen, I've heard, takes, you know, just the cave itself. The cave... Not all the stuff that happens before the cave. It takes 45 minutes to get out get through that cave. <laughs> okay. So so Mike, on so on uh, sorry we're delaying so much. Why are we talking about meat? So uh, one of the things is that we've done, you know, the orcs, we've done the uh, the high elves. Uh we've done a bit on the dark elves. And it's like time for some nords because that's what everybody really is here for. You know, everybody loves Skyrim, everybody loves the nords. And, you know, so we talked a little bit last week or two weeks ago uh, about Falkreath Hold and the establishment of Falkreath. And now we're going to talk about mead because, you know, nothing is more Nord than mead because I think that they've replaced part of their blood with it. I like and, how the history of the Nords turned into mead. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what happens when I open a bottle of mead thinking about what we should talk about. Let's talk about this right here in my hand. Exactly. <laughs> Good thing that they don't, uh, you know, drink scotch or whiskey, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, I was going to say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Wait until we do Cyrodiil and Cyrodiil brandy. <laughs> so I started looking up, okay, what do we know about mead? You know, um, and the first couple things that you get is a lot of it has to do with Norse mythology and Norse culture. Uh, in Norse mythology, the poetic mead or mead of poetry... Old Norse Skald Skapar 
Yor, just known as Mead of Strutengar, is a mythical beverage that whomever drinks become a scald or scholar to recite any information and solve any question. After the Essir-Vanir War, the gods sealed the truce they had conducted by spitting into a vat. To keep a symbol of this truth, they created from their spittle a man named Vasir. He was so wise that there were no questions he could not answer. He traveled around the world to give knowledge to mankind. One day he visited the dwarves, Pjar and Galar. They killed him and poured his blood into two vats and a pot called Boon, Soon, and Orririr. They mixed his blood with honey, thus creating a mead which made anyone who drank it a poet or scholar. Skald. The dwarves explained to the gods that Zvir was had suffocated in intelligence. So I'm sorry if I butchered some of the uh, the Norse pronunciations here with all the umlauts and whatever other things are over them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the Nords are going to come after you now. Exactly. Uh, they might. Now, so I had one question when I was reading this, Mike. Yep. This is um. This is in-game lore, right? No, this first paragraph was real our lore. Okay, that's that was the that was the question I had because, um, it it could have it could have very easily have been had, could fit one way or the other on this, and yeah. I I kind of favored you know the in-game lore because it does mention dwarves. But if you look through Norse mythology, dwarves are a very prevalent part of Norse mythology. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's true. I just I just thought, but but anyway. Um, I, I have to imagine that, that, uh, I mean, this is, this is great stuff, <laughs> you know, and I have to imagine like, you know, they, they, they were trying to come up with a, you know, uh, an explanation as to, you know, why you get, you get drunk. I mean, the, the idea that, that, you know, you, you, you drink mead and then you, you become a wise man as a result of it, um, is, is just, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's, uh, it's really funny. And I'm just I'm thinking about like you know what what these got, folks must have been doing and sitting around and they're probably like telling each other this story and just laughing their asses off. <laughs> well, you know, after a whole case uh, cask of mead, you probably think everything is funny. Probably, but this in particular is really funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So now, if we go in game, um, we start thinking about mead. We come. We find the book Mead, 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 a drinking song. Mead, 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 wonderfully wet, sinfully sweet. Have to wait, 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 Mike. If you're going to do a drinking song, you do a drinking song, right? I want to hear you sing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear like, me sing. Like you're in a tavern. <laughs> I'm going to need to finish more bottles of this before we're going to get to that point. <laughs> Drink up. <laughs> You're gonna have to finish the show. <laughs> um, however, I I I do agree with Zephin. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if we can all agree on a pentameter, but I absolutely will sing this. If if, if let's you... sing it. Let... Okay, all three of us then. Uh, okay. All right. You're ready. Everybody ready? On three. three. One, two, three. 
Mead, 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 mead. Wonderfully wet, sinfully sweet. Heft your mead horns and hold your mugs high. We, we, we want, want to keep on drinking until we die. die. Mead, mead, mead. It's what it's a body, body needs. needs. It makes us strong and wise and brave. There's nothing, nothing better. We it's crave. what we crave. Mead, mead, mead. I drink it morning, noon, and eve. I like, I like it, it spicy, sweet, and powerful. powerful. It'll I'll soon be drunk. drunk. It's quite probable. Mead, mead, mead. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> read, read me. <laughs> I think that, you know, we can no longer complain about uh, the undaunted. <laughs> no, we have no business complaining about anything ever again. <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you, Liz, everyone. For... Find a tune and put this to a tune so yeah. that we can all sing it together. Without a doubt. <laughs> oh, God. I took an oh, arrow to the hip. Oh, no. I know. This is so sad. Survival mode is tough. So, um... Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thena, Thenapan's Mysteries of, of Mead. Yep, so another book in-game, Thenapan's Mysteries of Mead. There's a reason I was kicked out of Daggerfall, chased out of Elden Root, and banned from Mornhold. I've tried every variety of intoxicant, wine, ale, and Argonian swill this world has to offer. I've sampled skooma with Khajiit. I've licked the Argonian history. Gross. And hunted magical toads with the Bosmer. None of that compares to Nord Mead. There's nothing like it. The purest stuff is made in Nord villages. But we're at war with the Nords, and a Breton has no guarantee of surviving a trip like that. Leave that sort of thing to the professionals. There is still hope, however... If you're at a tavern and there's a cask of Nord mead, you'd be a fool to pass it up. Mead is made by fermenting honey and water, though a few recipes call for molasses. Sometimes you add grain mash and strain it. But that isn't necessary. Some of the high elves call it honey wine, but mead needs more than good honey. Every meadery has its own recipe. After you drink enough mead, you learn the names of the brewmasters who create them. A drunk Nord will gladly punch another in the face over the honor of a good brewmaster. Then again, a, Nord, a drunk Nord will punch anyone just for about anything. Every brewmaster has a distinct blend of spices, fruit, and sometimes hops, which makes mead bitter. Which makes some Nords bitter, too. I've even heard tales of mead mixed with the blood of heroes, allegedly granting them the words of a poet or a skald. I'd like a mead named after me, but I'm not going to bleed for it. An Altmer once told me that the brewing is the basis of all culture. It's why our ancestors started farming and forming cities. It's what we do when we've got too much wheat and barley and hops, and we're sick of farming. The culture of drinking seems to be what keeps Nords together. Nords must be really sick of farming because they brew and drink prodigious amounts of mead. Whenever a cask of really good mead is opened, Nords gather round because they know that the cask won't last long. But if you don't know how to behave in the Nord drinking culture, you'll end up broke, broken, hungover, and helpless. I found out the hard way. <laughs> Sounds like there's a story to it. <laughs> <laughs> a Nord can gain respect by consuming more mead than anyone else. He just 
just as he's respected for surviving a blizzard or killing a bear with a sharp stick. Nord honor is something they talk about endlessly when they're drunk, and even more when they're sober. So the first thing you'll learn about Nords is if you want their respect, never turn down a drink. It's a test. If you can't handle the next drink, leave. Otherwise, you wake up somewhere and find hilarious, but you won't be laughing. Wow. Nords love their skulls. Songs and stories go over well with a drunken audience. Once they've had enough brawling and boasting and throwing axes at each other, their songs are all about how they're better than everyone else at everything. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> they've all heard these over and over again, so bring some of your own. They, they're desperate to hear songs new. Anywhere you go, drinking is also a good way to redress a mistake or make an apology. And it's the same with Nords. If you lose a contest, you need to buy a drink. If you make a mistake or offend someone, you need to buy a drink. <laughs> if you're insulted, stand there and take it. And then you need to buy a drink. You don't have to be the best brawler around to survive a room full of drunken Nords. You can also impress them by being clever or being talented. But you better be really good. When it's time to take a punch in the face, you better be really ready for a punch in the face. If you don't like getting punched, there are some things you should never talk about, like politics, who's the best brewmaster, and who punches the hardest. And never demand to know why someone just punched you in the face. If you want to hear more, <laughs> buy me a drink next time I'm in Daggerfall. <laughs> You know, what's funny is is the way he describes everything. You don't think that he would prefer, you know, Skyrim's culture. Um, but but it sounds like he absolutely does. Yeah. Unless, of course, he was avoiding trying to get punched in the face. He might have been. He's like, I better write this in order not to get punched in the face. <laughs> Which is a, a, a massive possibility here, right? <laughs> Anything goes. Basically. So where's your sharp stick? Because you got to kill a bear with a sharp stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to survive this wilderness, man. And an assassin coming after me and everything. Who's this Talscar the Wanderer? Oh jeez. <laughs> and down goes a firewind. This is like some of the original uh episodes. Oh yeah. It's tough. This this is like the kill count one of those kill count episodes that you used to do. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's uh, it's it's rough, man. It's really rough these these early episodes. I'm not making it any easier for myself. Look, I could I could whip out some some restoration magic right now and heal myself, but I'm not doing it because that's not for that's not what my character would do. Yeah, don't punk out. And I'm not gonna look. I got Thalmore coming after me and everything. This is gonna be another another quick death. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is, uh, is no good. I'm, I'm probably going to just have to turn myself in. You're going to have to go better if you can survive to get to White Run. They That's another thing, fire. too. There's... They needed to keep warm. They're under survival mode, too. What's a better <laughs> way than to burn a Nord? Right. <laughs> They're highly flammable. Here's uh, Maybe I'll just shoot him in the back. <laughs> probably could have like ten percent. The guy heals himself. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably. Oops. That could have done a little bit more damage. 
<laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> it would have been nice. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> I'm sneaking around, sneaking around in heavy armor now. <laughs> oh, Lord. So uh, what else we got? We got we got up on the on the old hit parade there. Okay, so now that we're done talking about drinking uh, at a tavern and drinking mead, uh, we're going to talk about the road to Sovngarde because you know with any good mead, we have to talk about what happens after a Nord dies. So Lord Masters hear hear tales of heroes who claim to have traveled to Sovngarde and back, but the truth is uncertain. The greatest warriors stride the road to Sovngarde upon their deaths. But if the living can walk there and return, is it not yet? It has not yet been shown. Yet lower masters know this: Sovngarde exists. So are God's promise. So we believe. Sovngarde lies in the heart of Aetherius, waiting for the souls of the departed warriors, Nords who prove themselves in battle, awaken in the realm after death. Pain and illness vanish within the hall of valor. Revelry is never ending, and mead flows freely. The greatest Nords of all time compete in tests of strengths and prowess. Spirits trapped in this world know torment, emptiness, and endless suffering, obsessed over lost battles, fallen kingdoms, and unresolved lives. Not so in Sovngarde. Even the Tedum of immortality is unknown, for spectral foes await in the surrounding shadows, waiting to do battle with those who would test their mettle. Shor created the realm of Sovngarde with his clever magic long ago, but the trickster guard has god has faded from our world others have attempted to part the veil of his deceit and practicing forsaken arts and seeking hidden paths into the afterlife all such attempts end in tragedy none can out trick the trickster for we all know shore retreated to that realm and laughs at all who would outwit him he may even rule the realm choosing heroes to honor according to his whims all this is speculation only those who are worthy know the truth and they speak no more to the living. Though all the suffering and adversity in this world, no Nord warrior endured, for Sovngarde awaits. So even in death, Mead travels to Sovngarde to follow the Nords. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it when you don't have to worry about a liver falling out of your body, you know? <laughs> of course it travels with you. Feel like that's all they do. Like once you get to Sovngarde, it's just like a big banquet hall with a lot of mead and uh, food. Open, it's open season now, so it's kind of funny because you know when you look back at North mytho- Norse mythology from around the year 500 up until Christian Christianization of Scandinavia, the 13th century, there's large halls that are vital to parts of their political center, and they're later superseded by banquet halls. But in the Norse mythology. Uh, there are the halls where the dead, when they arrive, such as Valhalla, the hall where Odin receives half of the dead, and Freya, in turn, receives the other half in She's Runer, all are giant mead halls with the exact same concept as Sovngarde. So you know, our own uh, culture has uh, its own version of Sovngarde, ready and waiting for those who uh, die valiantly in battle to go and drink mead for the rest of their, their immortality. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's exactly where where we get uh, where Bethesda got the the idea of Sovngarde from Valhalla. Yep. So now even the lizards love mead. So we're gonna talk about uh, a, a group called Blackfin, the Foreign Adventurers. Uh, it was well into the second year after the formation of the Ebonheart Pack, and 
Keshu and the Black Fin Legion, minus Bless the troops <laughs> that were left behind as part of the Pact Army in Morrowind, were now touring the Nordic lands of Skyrim. And our first stop after crossing into Nord territory, there was a town of Riften. We were treated to the typical Nord celebration that includes lots of food and lots of mead, and a number of good-natured brawls that seem to be common pastime in the colder climates. While there, we helped fortify some of the town's defenses, which Kesu insisted we do whenever we went to show our willingness to prove to provide whatever assistance we could during our visits. After more than a week in Riften, we began our trek north through Eastmarch, towards the city of Windhelm, and Keshu's reunion with Jorun, who was now Jorun the Scald King, if you can believe that. Apparently, the Big Nord was a prince of some such, and was now the leader of the entire Nord nation. And Windhelm, what a city. It was large and impressive, in its own way, as Mornhold. But where the Dark Elves' metropolis was a reflection of its people, Windhelm was clearly and understandably a reflection of the Nords. Repairs were still underway to deal with the damage inflicted by the Akaviri siege, but what did? But that did nothing to detract from the sheer grandeur of the Nord city. Jeroen met us at the gates and grabbed Kishu up in an enormous hug and then invited us all to enjoy the hospitality of his homes and city. The celebration lasted a week and a day, and the Nords certainly loved to throw a good party, and they seemed to look for any excuse to have one. During the celebration, we retreated to the best mead and ale the Nords produce, exquisite delicacies such as rabbit meatballs, and some of the most uh, ribald drinking songs I've ever heard, all sung extremely loud and with a lot of clanking of mugs and goblets. Like we just did. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When the mead casks were finally empty and the rabbit meatballs had run out, the celebration came to an abrupt end. And then the work began. We stayed in Windhelm for the better part of a month, helping repair the outer walls of the city and providing whatever aid the Nords needed. And whenever we could spare both the time, Keshu and the Skald King huddled in a quarter and spoke at length about a variety of topics. No one was allowed to join them during this discussion, but I always got the sense that they were sharing their thoughts on leadership, the Alliance, and the future of our nation. So, even... I probably should have read that in like a Slack seal, like, you know... But no. I don't have a slack seal that I practice, so... Good. Good. <laughs> don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't ever. <laughs> yeah, no no one wants to hear that. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> so, even, so even the lizards! Even the lizards like the mead. Yeah. Even, even they so, like the mead. You know, we've talked about mead a little bit here. Uh, you know, and as people know, I do actually make uh, some of my own, and it's not hard as long as you have the correct vessels for fermenting. It's pretty much honey, water, and yeast. Um, you know, but you got to get good honey. That's the first thing. Okay. Uh, it's much easier than wine or beer, definitely. Um, so you know, if you're interested in you know making mead, you know, you should look. Your local library probably has a book on it, and. Your local uh, Amazon has uh, all the supplies you need to make some mead. You know, while while kind of, first of all, Mike, I gotta I gotta throw out there. You know, you know, I'm joking around with you, right? Like, there's been a couple of times. Like, I think maybe like I, I speak maybe a little too heavy handedly sometimes. The last couple of episodes, and you, you know, I'm joking around, right? About what? Uh, 
about anything, like when I say something stupid. I uh, usually figure so. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, just, I just want to throw that out there because there are, there are times like you know it doesn't it doesn't escape me, guys. Like I there are times like you know I, I I'll joke around and and it just falls completely flat and. I just sound like a total jerk, and and I I never mean to come off that way, but sometimes I really do, and I feel awful when it happens, and I feel like I just kind of did that with Mike, and so I I <laughs> wanted I just want to apologize and just say I I'm, I am just joking around, I, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so well, if you're done being mean to Mike, maybe he can continue. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right. Maybe I will learn a schlack schiel. <laughs> No, I'm um, not an Argonian. I can't do that. My one Argonian, I finally got him up to level 50 in ESO. Only, you know, because I was tired of him being my second made character and never really playing him. I made him for our Argonian run, Namira's little snack, and he sat there languishing for years. Yeah, I remember him, Namira's little snack. Well, I remember the name anyway. Yeah, I, I don't really play him other than, you know, we have some event where I need to be an Argonian. Right, running around naked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... But uh, we're going to move from making mead and drinking mead and singing about mead to where is it that you actually will partake in such adventures of drinking and making mead? Well, right, but that, that, there was something I wanted to touch on with that was, was um, the, the ease of, of how it's described making it anyway, of how the, the preparation of mead is, is described in, in what we've, you've read so far. And it seems like you're sort of backing that up and saying, like, it is actually pretty simple to make mead. So so it is essentially as, as simple as, as what they're describing here? Yeah, it's what's considered a, oftentimes a young wine. So um, when you make mead, you have a fermenting vessel, uh, which all that means is that you have it open to the air for a little bit of time so that the yeast can grow. And... Then you seal it off with a one-way type of valve so that it doesn't explode when the carbon dioxide builds up. And uh, the yeast eats up pretty much the honey and turns it into and ferments it into alcohol. And after that point in time, you can start drinking it. You can crack open your vessel and just start drinking it, or you can bottle it to save it. The only thing about bottling it is that... Um, you, that, that is where more of the, the skill of brewing, brew crafting comes into place, where you have to get rid of the yeast. And pretty much when the yeast runs out of sugars, it will start to die off and crash to the bottom. Uh, but you want to try and get your yeast out as soon as possible after the fermentation has reached the level that you want before you start getting weird aftertaste. And depending on the type of yeast you use will help determine what your mead tastes like. Uh, I made a batch with some champagne yeast recently, and it came out really good. I've made a batch with ale yeast, and it wasn't nearly as good. Um, but each of them will also contribute to a different level of alcohol to your uh, mead. Um, different you know, yeast will will do that. Yep. And, and mead is not the kind of thing where you bottle it up and you save it for 15, 20 years you know, for your grandchildren. It's like I made mead in June. I'm going to drink mead come July and August, and then it's time to make more mead. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's an easy way to get into learning about brewcrafting because it is such a 
uh, a very friendly medium to, to start working with. Um, and very cost effective. For about 20 bucks, you can get a fermenting uh, uh, glass carboy and a one-way uh, water um, stopcock. And you put everything in, and you let it sit in a nice, cool, dry area of the house, like basement. Uh, and, you know, a couple months, you have mead. Wow. And it just it just needs to ferment for a couple of months. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time to wait for a drink. Well, yeah, and uh, then you, you start getting like me where I have three of these damn containers because I stagger them because it, it makes about a gallon and a half of mead. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Wow. So you get your, you basically get yourself to a point where, you know, it's always ready ready and available. Probably, what, like like after your first year, you probably have that some, something like that going on, your first uh, rotation. Yeah, so um, at one point in time, I actually I stopped making mead uh, over the summer uh, because I had so many bottles in the basement. I'm like, um, if I don't start drinking this, I'm never going to have room to make any more. And also with it being autumn, I was like, oh, if the apple tree produces apples, I can make cider too. And I need to have these bottles available to make cider. Uh, the apple tree did not have room, for, did not make apples though. So, oh, yeah. So back to mead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mead, 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 mead. And don't buy that like mead that comes in the bear bottle. Go and find a place that actually sells real good meat, honey. And get a honey that you like the taste of. So if you don't like the taste of the honey, it's not going to make a good mead that you're going to want to drink. So mead essentially tastes just like honey. Yeah, it takes on the flavor mm -hmm. of the honeys that you use. I like to use an orange blossom. Uh, it gives it a, a citricky type of flavor. Oh, that sounds good. Versus a clover. I don't like a clover honey, and I never have. And that's usually what you get in the stupid bear bottles is, you know, a, a clover-based honey. And if you're really lucky and you live in an area that has an apiary, you can actually go to them and see what kind of prices you can get for local honey, which is the best that you can actually do for yourself, especially if you suffer from allergies. Right. Uh, a lot of people say that if you consume local honey, that it helps with your allergies, whether you put it in tea, take a teaspoon every day on your own, or as I suggest, just make it into mead and then drink it. Yeah, because it, it eventually... Because you won't care about your allergies. It builds up um, an immunity to to the local um, um, flowers, flowers and whatnot. Yeah, the local pollen in, in the area. So that's good too. Especially if you live in a state where honey, where mead is not caught on yet. I mean, around here, there's about seven or eight different meaderies that I can pull from in New York. Mm -hmm. um, the Finger Lakes wine industry has really boomed over the last two decades with some really high-quality wines coming out. And they're starting to um, produce uh, a lot of meads that go as like secondary things uh, in their system. And so a lot of the, these really um, you know, long-established wineries are now producing mead as uh, a second type of wine that they can sell. Uh, now, I can't say the same about some of the other or states in our country um, where the wine industry is not as prevalent and uh, laws keep people from getting imports from New York or from California where most meads are made. Right. Um, so, you know, it's something, though, that from Amazon for about 20 bucks, you probably can buy the glass thing and 
Now another ten dollars worth of mead you could be start or honey you could be starting to make your own mead. Yeah, when I was living in Mississippi, um, you had to buy alcohol out of government controlled stores, and they only had like twelve ounce bottles of beer. Like they didn't have whiskey. No. Zephan, we're never going to to Mississippi. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It was like tiny, tiny little bottles of beer. Um, I don't know if that's 12 ounce or maybe it was even smaller. Maybe it's the OV splits, the six ounces. (laughs) It was was like really tiny, though. Yeah. That's what you get when you go to the bar. You're like, give me a beer. And they give you a little shot glass with some beer in it. You're like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Give me about uh, 10 more of these. (laughs) And... uh, Make it free. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we up to next, Thirsk? So we're up to meat halls. Um, so in our own culture, there's a couple of uh, stories that pretty much everybody who's listening to this podcast hopefully will have read. Um, one of them is Beowulf. And ah, yeah. it starts out uh, in the meat halls of Herat, uh, which was so big and so much attention lathered uh, that the monster Grendel came out of the swamps and slaughtered everybody that was making noise. Um, and then Beowulf comes in after years of the meat hall being closed down and saves the people. So uh, it's one of the oldest... No, no, no. He, uh, he saved the meat hall. He that's, saved the mead. That's, that's what he that's was right. trying to do. He didn't save the meat, the people, just the mead. <laughs> <laughs> the people is just a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Because he needs people to make the mead for the mead hall. Right, he's not going to make it. He's got to get somebody else to do it. And then uh, you know, our one of our favorites, uh, J.R. Tolkien's uh, Middle Earth, uh, Medusel, the uh, mead hall that uh, the Rohirrim come from. It was a large hall with a straw roof. Uh, made it appear that the hall was covered in gold, which they then drank mead in. So, yeah, if you want examples for of uh, mead halls. We have a couple right there that you can go and look up some of the books and uh, read about uh, how mead halls are portrayed in fiction in our own world. But I'm sorry, I just looked over for a second. And I'm pretty sure I just saw Avarwin uh, kill a poor fisherman lady. Um, yeah, Tormund does not like high elves. Oh, she's a high elf. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So he'll he don't care. He'll kill her. <laughs> exactly. Now wait a minute. Did he, did you float her down the river? No. No. Oh, okay. F her. <laughs> Lay there and rot, high elf. It's kind of how he feels about the whole thing, and he's also going to start stealing stuff from her too, like that silver ring. And he's going to sleep in her bedroll <laughs> for twenty-four hours. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna cuddle next to her warm, decaying body. I was gonna say, he's not even gonna get rid of the body. He's just gonna <laughs> sleep next to a dead body. Pretty it's much. Cool. <laughs> In this survival mode, he needs anything. It's like the Tauntaun. He's gonna open her up. <laughs> it wasn't that big. <laughs> eh, it's not gonna smell good, kid, but it's what you gotta do for warmth around here in Skyrim. <laughs> Yeah, no, Tormund is, he is, look, Tormund is not Ivarwin. He is not Ivarwin at all whatsoever, you know? Ivarwin is, uh, he's, he's a, he's a goodly knight and, uh, well-educated. Um, Tormund is, is a backwoods hick from the tiny towns of, of Skyrim, so when there's mead, he'll drink it. 
when there's high elves, he'll kill them. <laughs> he don't care about anything Dude, I else. Like this guy already. <laughs> you, you say something he don't like, he's gonna punch you in the face. If you really offend him, he'll stab you in the gut with his two handed sword. If he really hates you, he's gonna nail you in the face with his two handed warhammer. <laughs> and he don't care about that. That's why he can't. He's not welcome in Right Run. He killed Nazim. <laughs> you walk past Nazim. Nazim says what he says. He turned around, took out his warhammer, and blasted him in the face with it. <laughs> Ran off, yeah. stole a horse, rode off. <laughs> yeah, he's a murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Absolutely is a murder hobo. So that's Torment. Um... I got sidetracked, though. I'm sorry, back Mike. To, back to uh, uh, Meat Halls, though. Yes, And please. since Barwin is not welcome in Whiterun, we can't actually go and see the, the one Meat Hall in-game. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Unless you want to see it from the inside of a jail cell. <laughs> but there are two uh, Meat Halls in-game. Uh, so from the Gentleman's Guide to Whiterun, from Michael the Bard. Welcome, good sir, to this indisputable guide within these pages i your humble author and guide will describe to you the great city of white run the jewel of the north white run offers numerous diversions for the man in search of adventure fortune and companionship whether for a night or a lifetime the city is graced with not one but two worthy taverns and there are maids and wenches aplenty the city is located rather centrally in Skyrim, and this is well, for it is not far from anywhere. Perched high on a rocky hill, Whiterun dominates the grassy plains that surround it. The high wooden walls protect its denizens from the wolves, mammoths, bandits, and dangers that lurk beyond. Of the Wind District, I have very little to say. Most of the buildings on that second tier of the city are residents, though there is also the Temple of Kinnereth and Yorvskar. The Mead Hall of the Companions. For, yeah, there are there are some intriguing prospects to be found in the Mead Hall. Should you favor a strong and fearless warrior woman, you will find a little game at the temple. However, the priestess Danica Piercepring is interested mostly in ex uh, almost exclusively in spiritual manner. So this is uh, our first talk of the Mead Hall uh, of Yorsker. Now, what is that? So it is the Hall of the Companions. So anybody who's run the Companions uh, quest line. So the Great Harbingers of the Companions. This is the history as recorded by Skok, the long-sighted of the Circle of Yorskir of the Second Era. While I'm not gifted with a sharp gift of words, I have learned the stories of the Companions before me and set to record record them that they might not be lost when I am. Hereafter is a list of notable harbingers of the companions, those who led us through the darkness of the glories in Sovngarde. Note that the harbinger. The companions have never had a true leader since Ysgamor. None have been mighty enough to corral the great hearts that beat within Yorvskir. While those like mages and thieves need the blessing of their hierarchy to know how to dress, we companions are capable of leading our own destinies to glory. The Harbinger of Vi advises, resolves disputes, and helps to clarify when questions arise in the nature of honor. In the thousands of years the Companions have held at Yervskir, there have been Harbingers both terrible and brilliant. 
those known for their arm and those for their hearts and those for their minds. Here are a list of some of the most glory, gloried harbingers who inspire song and deed. So we can see that, you know, it has its own set of rules. And uh, it when you go in, and I was hoping originally that we would be able to, but, you know, Varwin had to, kill, had to you know, kill Nazim. When the first thing that you <laughs> do when you walk in is there's a fight that breaks out. And it's a friendly fist fight between members of the Companions. Right. Oh. Not unheard of, especially yeah. when we think of that one book that was we read earlier. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, oh, God. <laughs> are you hiding again? I, I have to. <laughs> I have no other choice. I have to hide from these... Uh, the uh, Thalmor Justicar coming down the road. <laughs> I've got severe <laughs> rock joint. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Poor murder hobo. Looks like you might have a taxi. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a, a conjurer over here, too. He's... I know where you are. You're right by where your house will be eventually be built if you live that long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing is for certain right now. Got to I got to hightail it out of here. So, this you know this kind of um, this kind of goes back to what eventually uh, I want to sort of talk about um, in a little bit is you know you, I think everyone kind of knows the the fight that you're talking about and um, you know it's just so it's so familiar for all of us so you know. Now here's the real question: the first time that you played through and you walked into uh, into the meat hall. Did you end up intervening in the fight and have the entire uh, companions, you know, entourage trying to kill you? Yeah. <laughs> of course. I think everybody has. Like, they walk in and they're like, well, there's a fight. I'm going to pick a side. Exactly. <laughs> and that never goes down well. It didn't nah, for really me. It doesn't. <laughs> All right. Got the other mead hall that we get to see in game is... Uh, is during the Dragonborn questline, and that's Thirsk. So, uh, from a history revised, on the eastern bank of Yelding stands Thirsk, a grand mead hall that serves as the home and center of operations for a most valiant clan of Nord warriors. Approximately 100 years ago, a small group of Skald decided to leave the main village and free themselves of their brethren's strict adherence to nature worship. They sought to live life with as their ancestors had in Skyrim. Freely to kill what they wanted when they wanted, free to worship in any manner they chose. The group braved the harsh weather and traveled south towards towards Lake Yelding, where they found the perfect location for a new settlement. There they dis there they dis described to construct a grand mead hall that would serve as their new home and hunting lodge. For several months of building, the companions had com completed the task and named the Mead Hall Thirsk. The Thirsk Mead Hall is nearly the same today as it was over a hundred years ago, a testament to the quality of its construction. But while Thirsk itself did not grow as its inhabitants did, and before long the Grand Mead Hall could not house all who were wished to dwell within. So over the years, many Nords have left Thirsk to establish their own private dwellings out in the wilderness of Solstein. Relying on the island's many caves and natural shelters, but those who left are always welcome back to Thirsk, and many return frequently to enjoy the Mead Hall's hospitality. 
It is also important to note that although over a hundred years have passed since the groups first left the Skald village, the Skald and the Thirsk Nords have always remained civil to one another, and even trade resources on occasion. Law and order within Thirsk. Within the Mead Hall, the chieftain serves as judge, jury, and executioner if necessary. The reality is that Thirsk has always been a fairly peaceful place, with camaraderie and goodwill as the norm. Solstheim can be a harsh home, and the Nords of Thirsk have long realized that fighting each other isn't nearly as productive as battling the island's bears, wolves, draugars, reeklings, and whatever other foul creature may roam the land. Still, there is the occasional disagreement, which more often than not ends in bloodshed, and every few years someone gets into his head to challenge the chief to a blood duel to try to gain possession of Thirsk. Generally speaking, the Nords of Thirsk are one big, happy, barbarian-like family. And like any family, they have their squabbles. So those are the two mead halls that we can see in-game. So now, we keep hearing about uh, how mead makes us into scholars and scalds. So yeah. what is a scald? So, uh, from the History Channel... Like many other cultures, the Vikings had a professional class of poets and storytellers who carried the history, literature, and uh, mythology of the Norse culture in their heads. No poetry or sagas were written in the early years of the Viking Age. Rather, the history of the Norsemen and the stories of their gods and goddesses were memorized and told whenever a group would meet. Those who did the memorizing and composed the poems and stories were called skalds. Skalds were much like the Irish and Scottish Scottish. Olavs, or bards of the Anglo-Saxon Scot. These men held the entire Viking culture in their heads. They used their knowledge to convey the Viking literature, poetry, history, and stories to the people from generation to generation. Skalds played an important role in Viking society and were both honored and feared. The fear of the Skald comes from his ability to compose sar sarcastic poetry about people that could harm a king's standing or reputation. Most, however skalds praised their lords and were well rewarded for their efforts. Skalds were also teachers, historians, and advisors to their lords, and their people and children. Skalds conveyed the essential information how to behave in society through their poems and stories, and some say skalds were also musicians, playing the harp or lute while reciting the poetry or sagas, although there is no conclusive evidence of it. So we have one last book, and that is the poem, The Wandering Skald. Every library holds musty old tales, carried through rain and snow, but a Nord Skald gladly regales what the poets all sang long ago. Every book has its title and name, but its pages soon turn to dust. A poem we sing will live on in fame from a history all of us trust. Old tales come down from long ago with inflection and meter and verse, Soon the Skald's audience will happily know, yes, this life could be worse. And the king knows the truth is better than sword and shield, taught from their distant youth. Skald kings have wisdom to wield. So welcome me as a friend, for the poems I sing tonight will last this night without end, from the first mead till dawn's early light. Once again, we close with mead. Yes, mead. Mead, oh, mead, mead. <laughs> mead, mead, mead. <laughs> do it, Zeph, and do it. Fuck out. You got this. You got this. I'm gonna be saying that all night. Hell yeah. 
strong girl, I'll back you on, on loot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and Falkreath is is here. I've actually I've actually made it to Falkreath. Yeah, you made it! I made it. I made now it. You gotta get through without getting arrested. Oh wait, this is Falkreath itself, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is the actual city. Just like sprinting there. <laughs> <laughs> safe. I'm safe. <laughs> Home base. Safe. <laughs> Until you get attacked by a vampire, you're like, no. <laughs> Damn it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy that I I got here uh, during the day and not not at night because that probably would have happened. Probably. Well, actually, don't they start spawning when you hit level ten? I think so. Oh God. It's gonna be. Uh... Unless you have the. Vampires do not attack until you start the um, um, the one quest line there. Yeah. There, there's a mod you can get to stop the vampire attacks. I need to get that. Yeah, we need yeah. to that's, that's a Seriously. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know why Bethesda didn't, uh, didn't have that included. Well, they wanted to give flavor of urgency that uh, you needed to get your butt over to Riften and join the Dawn Guard. Well, the thing that annoys me is that even after you finish that quest line, the vampires still keep invading. Yeah. That's that's what I want to get rid of. Right. Yeah, that is that is super annoying. It's I mean, it's <laughs> Anyway. Um yeah, because I mean, you've destroyed the vampire threat, so it's like, you know, come on already, you know, cut me a break a little bit. They're oh, they can't cut you a break. All right, guys. Well, uh, let me put this on pause for a second here. And uh, usually we kind of do like a fast question or uh, and or like and it leads into a discussion. Um, but at this point, you know, when, when I was reading what uh, what Mike had had presented to us earlier. Um, I started getting this this feeling of, you know, yeah, I know what he's talking about. And yeah, I know that. And I know that and, like as in like I could see myself playing the game. And being there and and seeing all these kinds of things that that his history of was sort of recalling to and it, it made me think it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing that um somehow along the way skyrim has sort of felt like a has, has become like a home to us so um like you know at this point it's definitely yeah it definitely has become kind of like especially for me it's become kind of a home for for me um you know our insistence on playing and replaying and exploring again and again and again and again really has very little to do with uh, finding something new in a, in a game that's that's getting to be old, uh, but rather everything to do with with you know coming back to a place we somehow can call home. Um, and, and the question is is you know why is that? Why do we feel, or why do I feel rather, um, that that Skyrim is is like a home in in some sort of way? Well, it probably has something to do with Bethesda. Adding so many tiny things into the world that breathe life into it. Um, it's hard not to spend time in Skyrim and, and not feel as if it sparks to life in, in some way. You know, we walk into the Banner Mare and know we can take a take a seat by uh, take a warm seat by the fire and be served me by Sadia. We should probably and get, get into on a fist fight. What's that? And get into a fist fight. Get into a fist fight there, right? <laughs> Um, and she should, you know, and, and we think to ourselves, you know, you, we see Sadia and we think, you know, you know, you should probably get back on to Hammerfell because, uh, those ruffians are out to look for you. We stroll into Riften 
and and know that you know we're never too far away from from a shakedown and what happens if we raise our voice a little bit too loudly when there's a guard there lest everyone we will will hear us expose them and we can almost taste the honey nut treats and wait where did i put that oh right hey someone stole my sweet roll <laughs> right <laughs> You know, we also know that we also know all too well the repulsive feeling we get when we hear the sound of mammoth cheese being picked up and Talos forbid it, the you know, first bite of, of a giant's toe, you know, for alchemical discoveries. And, and we can't help but feel our hearts soar when we hear Jeremy Soul's music swell while running through the plains of Whiterun, or when the lute strings are are plucked and the words We drink to our youth and days come and gone, and our hero, our hero, claims a warrior's heart. Yes, indeed, Skyrim is home, somehow, to all of us. And when we hear tales of mead and think back to various foods in Skyrim, we know all too well how they must taste. If we could just for a moment settle a bit of it on in our mouths. So, so tonight, our discussion's about this. In what way has Skyrim grown to become more than just a game to you? How... How, in a way, has it has it meant coming back home whenever you fire it up and you hear the doom, 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 of the Bethesda logo right before it breaks to the in-game menu and we hear Dragonborn comes? In what way has Skyrim become a second home for you, uh, a place of the the uh, all too all too friendly escape? We'll start with Zephyr. Sorry, what? <laughs> I was I was I was buying a mouse pad in the QGN shop. <laughs> I think he trolls you sometimes. Oh, very nice. <laughs> home, home, yes, <laughs> yes. How how has um, you know home is is more than just one thing. Honestly, it's it's um, it's it's a feeling, and and to get that feeling, it it, it doesn't just hit on one thing, and it takes time to to get there. And for me, it's um, one, a, a comfort level of the, the places and the people and getting to know everything around. And, you know, I, I know the towns. I know the, the town folk and their different personalities. And I, I feel comfortable being there. Um, I feel comfortable navigating my way around Skyrim. Um, but also, you, while I'm there, I also lose myself in the environment, in the game, in the dungeons. I go in. And I spent countless of hours in there, not even realizing the time go by. It's it's like living there. Um, and then later on, more importantly, the um, you know outside of the game, the popularity that Skyrim brought. You think of the community that it also brought into it. You know, if it if it weren't for Skyrim, I probably wouldn't have met you guys, um, and and the rest of you know the, our friends and everything that surround. Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series and, and all that also makes it feel like home because I can come home to family. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. It, there's there's something that that we can't quite put our put our finger on when it comes to at this point anyway, um, when it comes to when it comes to playing the game, um, if you've been playing it as long as, as we have, you know, since 2011, uh, when it first came out. Um, there's so something about it always just brings us back and, um, 
we can't help but feel like a, a part of us, like in some way, you know, the game and all the things that happen in the game and the culture of the game, um, which, which is, you know, what we were talking about earlier with, with, um, with Mead and how the Nords uh, have Mead as, as, as very centric to their culture, um, how that has not created its, uh, you know, Skyrim has become sort of our, um, uh, a mead to us in a way where where it is centric. Uh, we're not you know the most center thing, but it is one of the centric things to to Elder Scrolls fans uh, at at the moment. And for a lot of us, um, you can you know you're you're in good company when when you're standing next to uh, a person and and you say. Um, or like an arrow to the knee and they giggle a little bit and everyone else around you doesn't quite get it. They kind of scratch their heads or just, you know, make it as a passing comment and just ignore it. But you know, that one person you said it to gets it and you go immediately massive points on your speech pie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's well, another thing too. The entire conversation today about mead. I don't think that we would have had this renaissance of meadery if, it wasn't for Skyrim. Um, you know, it's such an essential part of the game and the Nord culture. And it, it's, you know, over, only the last few years have you even been able to find mead at like even big name um, liquor stores. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, you a, a culture of gamers that, you know, are like, I want to, you know, I want to try this mead. And people going into the stores and and asking the the realtor to find mead to stock because they played Skyrim. I mean, you know, five years ago it was almost impossible to find mead. And it's like port nowadays; you can get a bottle of port in some liquor stores. You aren't going to find it on most liquor stores, though. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, for the longest time, I considered mead to be um, a, a form of of, of uh, uh, ancient beer that is no yeah. longer made anymore by anybody and uh you know only only certain uh archaeologists know the recipe for for such a thing and, and that may not have been too far from the truth that's yeah you, know, you know until we played this i mean i had heard of it before and reading beowulf and reading other, and tolkien stuff and you know heard of me but you know as you said i thought it was like a beer yeah that you would drink it by the by you know the flagon full Right, yeah, and, I thought um, the same thing. You know, the fact that, you know, I drank a whole bottle tonight, and it's like, yeah, that's a ton of mead. <laughs> you know, you can't drink a whole bottle of mead, you know, in one sitting without really feeling it, versus if you drank a, a bottle of beer, it'd be like, yeah, have me another one, or two or three. You know, it, it's like drinking wine, but in these cultures, the way that it's talked about, like, they pour it back like it's, you know, ale. And so the first time I ever had meat, it was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, very. Yeah, it, there's no carbonation to it at all. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and early on for a while when I was looking for mead before I'd ever had it before, I was looking for it in the beer section. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mike, um, in what way has, has Skyrim sort of become a home for you? Well, it really re-kicked, started, like, my entire art passion. Uh, when I'd come back from living in overseas for a while, I was doing about one or two paintings a year. 
And then I played Skyrim on the PlayStation. And I'm like, you know, I want to paint something. And the first painting I did was of Whiterun, uh, as you're looking towards Dragon's Keep. And, like, I completed that in a couple weeks. And I was like, okay, I want to do another one. Then I'm like, okay, I painted Riften. And then I painted the um, uh, Knight over... uh, um, I can't remember the name of the town now. Uh, it's way up north there. Uh, is it Dragonstar or no? Um, Dawnstar. And it's like, you know, within literally a couple months, I had done huge number of paintings of the different keeps. Solitude and Morthal. Uh, you know, the the Shrine to Sithis painting. And it really just re-kickstarted like my entire painting thing. And over the course of three years, I've put out almost... 40 paintings of Skyrim, ESO, uh, Oblivion, Morrowind, yeah, which that would have been like, you know, at the pace I was going before, that would have been a lifetime worth. Um, so it was like, wow, you know, that really did a lot. And, you know, I love going back and looking for new vistas to, you know, add to my collection of, hey, someday I should paint this. Um, and just, you know, I, you know, I have the Jeremy Soul soundtrack for Skyrim on my phone and yeah, I like listening to the Bannered Mare, uh, which is the only uh, tavern that actually has its own song. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just that's one of my favorite songs to listen to is the Bannered Mare song. Um, so, yeah, it's like, you know, we play. I play a lot of ESO now, but I still like going, you know, once a year and starting up a new character in Skyrim and playing it differently than what I have played. I mean, I literally had thousands of hours on the PlayStation to the point where I could go and make a sandwich during the loading screens because, you know, <laughs> it, it just was choking on the amount of data. It was a completionist. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I play for either nostalgia purposes to replay a specific storyline or to play a character completely different uh, and do a little bit for a couple months. And then I move back to ESO or back to Morrowind or back to Oblivion and try and do some completion stuff on them. So... Yeah, but every year I come back for a couple months and, you know, keep playing Skyrim. Skyrim is, um... It's hard. Um, it's hard for me to sort of say uh, the, the kind of impact that, that it's had on my life. Um, but but it's... it's uh, it has utterly changed my life. In, in almost every conceivable way. Um gaming well we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for it (laughs) sure yeah so so let's so let's take that um skyrim uh so so i fell in love with skyrim real hard and um that turned the uh the quest gaming network which was just a single show from uh the quest podcast into into a completely different direction which was you know originally we were going to do the quest podcast and and have other different types of shows rolled into that one podcast. So we would do, you know, a, an episode of the Quest podcast. We talk about gaming news, and then um, sometime that month, if there was a big game release going on, we would do an episode of the Quest podcast on location at a GameStop and and sort of do uh, do that. But it was a different. It, 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 was, uh, it was I think it was called Side Quest. But it was still underneath, you know, um, the Quest podcast. When when Skyrim came out and we decided to do Skyrim off the record, it was a different way of, of podcasting for us. Um, we decided to create different shows that were not on the Quest podcast feed. 
and and so um, that's one tiny little way that um, that it's it's changed and altered sort of um, sort of you know what we do as podcasting. But I mean, you know, in the biggest and obvious way, um, it became the flagship of of uh, you know the Skyrim off the record became the flagship of Quest Gaming Network. And then when it rolled into Elder Scrolls off the record, um, it launched us for Elder Scrolls Online as well. And that wouldn't have started without without Skyrim. Um, Jeremy Soul soundtracks. I have it everywhere with me all the time. It's on my computer. It's it's on my cell phone. My my car has a uh, has a hard drive in in the radio, and I installed uh, the Skyrim soundtracks there as well. Um, I listen to it. All the time. In fact, I, I often don't really know uh, what what's going on and who's who's like you know the big who's the big singer or 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 group these days on the radio because I don't listen to the radio when I whenever I'm commuting it's it's the Skyrim soundtrack. Uh, Jenny can't. It, it's odd for Jenny to be in my car and not be listening to it and be listening to something different. That's how often I I listen to it. Um, I have, I have responded to to emergency phone calls at work, uh, with, with it in in my my patrol car. Um, often I use it as a, the the music itself. I use it as a point of of relaxation, when when I'm at work. If I'm in my patrol car by myself, I'll put it on, and and just get a bit of home. That I miss so dearly. Um, and whether that's that's a home feeling of I'm at home in front of my computer playing Skyrim, or I I somehow feel as if I'm actually you know in the province itself, um, sitting in the Bannered Mare, uh, just just sort of you know getting getting an ale, getting a mead from from Sadia, telling her hey, you should probably make your way over to Hammerfell. I know they miss you, and they need you there very badly. Um, my speech has, has changed. The way I police has, has changed, um, as, as well. You know, I've learned, I've learned different lessons from doing different things in, in Skyrim and, and different ways of approaching certain situations and, and, um, understanding a little bit more about perspective. Um, I've, I've made, uh, interesting, uh, um, friendships and relationships with with uh folks at bethesda and at by extension at zenimax online studios and uh while we're on the idea of of interesting relationships everyone i speak to on a regular basis i met because we love skyrim first and elder scrolls online came through that uh we just we celebrated qgn con that never would have happened had had skyrim not not um entered my life so so in some way every single time i log into this game and i hear you know jeremy soul's soundtrack swell in the background as i'm running through the plains of white run there's a it, it, it as odd as it is to say it um a part of this game has has absolutely molded me in a different a, a different in, in a way that that i would not have been molded had had i never bought that gigantic Xbox 360 box from Best Buy. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, when we talk about mead and Nord mead, and and it makes me think of you know the bottle itself, and then I think of you know maybe even you know I, th I think of you know 
of different kinds of foods and honey nut treats and sweet rolls and and surreal wine. Um, I have a, a suddenly I see myself with a smile on my face as I'm as I'm thinking of you know horned sconces uh, and uh, <laughs> and taverns and tavern music and Jeremy's soul and that big beautiful uh, sky uh, umbre- that's uh, that serves as a a clear umbrella over the the crags of of uh, Skyrim. It's in an odd way has become like Zephan said, um, a home that you're, you're so familiar with that every single time you come in, it's just adds a certain type of uh, joy that you don't experience in any other game. It's hard to put your finger on. And when you do, it just sort of kind of, you know, squishes and goes away, you know, it just like moves, it moves away. It's tough to put your finger on, but um, I, hopefully I did, I did some kind of justice. I mean, you know, I played a lot of, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and uh, Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2. And, you know, the replayability with Neverwinter was more along the lines of the modding community making, you know, Dungeons and Dragons mods that you could play. And it held my attention for six months, nine months. But, you know, once I was done, I was done. I didn't go back. And Skyrim, you know, we've been playing now for five, six years, you know, built a whole community around, you know, the games that uh, Bethesda produced here with The Elder Scrolls and then Zinemax with The Elder Scrolls Online. Now, I can't, even though, you know, I still play D&D, I don't play the computer games that came from D&D campaigns. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, you know, it's like, you know, we, we play D&D, we love D&D. But it's the interaction with people that we really love, not the the story that is being told, because the stories aren't nearly as good, I don't think, in the computer games as the D and D games themselves. Right. Right. Well, I would agree to that. I, I definitely think that's true. Um. But um. Yeah. I. I mean, it's it's almost akin to what I think what people were experiencing when um. Um. Lord of the Rings first came out. You know, you hear about this phenomenon that that definitely swept uh, um, Europe and certainly England at the time where um, they say that, uh, you know, you started seeing on 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 subway platforms, you know, Frodo lives Um, this idea that you're you're reading this book and it felt so real to so many people. And and I I think um, I I sort of hate to sort uh, to say it, but. I really think, and I think history is going to prove this to be true. Um, certainly, with Skyrim, you know, you could definitely say this for sure about the the Elder Scrolls uh, series. But certainly with Skyrim, um, I honestly think that you have a very modern era version of the phenomenon that that was created when when Tolkien wrote and then released Lord of the Rings. I, I think the same thing has sort of happened with, in particular, Skyrim. That at this point, um, it just uh, parts of it really just do kind of feel um, almost feel alive. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, you say that, and I've I've seen things um, uh, like on I saw on a wall somebody wrote, uh, "Mike was here." <laughs> it <laughs> chuckled a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> things like well, that. It was kind of funny. Like you know, I was when I first started running, I wasn't really, I didn't 
do know a lot about Skyrim. I was not a you know eleven eleven uh, you know subscriber. I started like four months later, and uh, we had this the this wall that went into a tunnel underneath one of the roads that was along the canal path. And it said uh, somebody had spray painted uh, a guy wearing a horned helmet says, we'll kill dragons for Talos. And I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, and I ran by it twice a day, every day, you know, out one way and then back the other way. And then it wasn't until I started like actually playing Skyrim that it was like it made sense. But it was like, wow, you know, graffiti artists are getting into, you know, (laughs) into Skyrim Skyrim, and producing stuff. (laughs) That's funny. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll kill dragons for Talos. That's what it said. Yep, that's great. Well, guys, um, I think uh, I think that's probably you know uh, the the discussion right there. Um, anything else? Anyone have anything else they want to add before we move on? No. Okay. You're gonna buy the next bottle of mead. Aye. <laughs> Indeed. I uh, I have to eat some of my apple cabbage stew first, though. <laughs> I feel better. I am now satisfied. <laughs> I need to be well fed, though. Damn it! There we go. Now I'm well fed. That got that got rid of everything. So so now I've uh, I've got some uh, potions of of cured disease on me. I'm I'm warm. I'm well fed. I'm I'm not tired anymore. This is hey, you guys see what I've been going through this whole time, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not it's exciting like to survive. <laughs> This is some of like the original type of gameplay back when, you know, you would you would stream classic and, you know, they had a kill count going and, you know, people would make fun of it online because it was like you would die seven, eight times. Yeah, this is no joke. This uh, what they did. Yeah, the survival mode. No, it's definitely not for the faint of heart at all. You really gotta. I mean, you really gotta want to play it. You really have to because it will. It, it, I, I have gotten my ass kicked. All throughout this this entire show. <laughs> um, by the way, folks, we are recording locally right now. We're not streaming this, so so you're not gonna. I'm sorry. There's just there's not there is no video available. Um, so I, I do I I do apologize for that. Maybe in the next episode where we do uh, something else about Skyrim. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. So we got a couple more weeks in Skyrim, so I'm sure there will be a couple more weeks of uh, this character dying repeti- repetitively to bears, wolves, and the cold. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> All right, um, let's uh, let's move on to uh, to Zephin uh, to Zephin for his uh, his crafting table. Yes, yeah, a crafting table in line with the survival mode. I decided to to go with this lovely uh, mod. It's called Campfire, the complete camping system by Chesco I'm sure you guys all know the name Chesco, right? Sure. Yeah, I think I have this one. Frostfall. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so Chesco says Campfire is the most feature-rich standalone camping mod for Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. It was created from Frostfall 2.6's unique immersive camping system. Now you can enjoy an unparalleled camping experience in conjunction with some of your other favorite survival and immersion mods. So in this, you can build a campfire from a small fragile spark to a roaring blaze and use it to cook with a cooking pot or just grill right over the flames or sit with your followers around the fire. Large campfires uplift and inspire, granting bonuses to skill gain. 
You can also create and buy camping equipment using items in the world around you. Build tents, tanning racks, a portable enchanting kit, and more. Carry all of your extra gear in the campfire-added backpacks that dynamically display your bedroll, torch, cooking pot, axe, and water skin. Your followers up to three, plus one animal, will sit or sleep with you inside of your tent or sit around, with your camp, uh, sit around a campfire with you. If your follower is a spouse, they will even cuddle up to you when sleeping in your tent. Uh, Now, you can also search for resources using the Harvest Wood ability to search for nearby, uh, search the nearby area for dead wood and branches. Use these to build hatchets, arrows, and other useful creations. Um, Also have uh, the Instinct's Vision ability allows you to see creatures that make noise. Smell the bodies of the dead, including the undead, and optionally show the direction toward your current quest target. Dude, we better not have dead corpse smell of vision added to the game. That would be horrible. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, oh my god, like, can you We imagine? had a dead mouse this week in the in the in the Aww. basement. And it's the worst smell ever. <sighs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, now, you can also advance your skills using the campfire's unique skill system, modeled after the base game perk system. Campfire contains the camping skill, which allows you to build longer-lasting campfires, find more resources, or see more with the instincts ability and more. Now, um, also, please note that is with most mods right now, this mod does need to be updated for the compatibility with survival mode. So if you're planning on running it with survival mode, it might not work 100%. Um, But I have been told that the modder is planning on updating uh, updating this so it will be compatible in the future um, but it is of course compatible with frostfall if you want and you know if you're running that instead right okay um now Zevin, you have this particular mod right and and uh mike i think you were think- saying the same thing i believe i have this one all right yes Zevin, what's your what's your experience with this mod so far for immersion's sake this mod is awesome and especially if you're um, running Frostfall, it's it's a need. You you have to have it. So um, I mean, for multiple reasons. So I, you know, I mean, if you don't, if you're not running like a survival type mode, like Frostfall, uh, Frostfall or survival mode, um, it's really more of just like an immersion thing. Um, but I enjoy it regardless whether I'm running it or you know Frostfall or not. Um, it's just it's a beautiful mod. It works really really well. And, you know, I, I just like the, the ability that wherever I'm at, I can just set up camp and have a campfire and just, you know, sit there on a, on a mountaintop and enjoy the view by my, by my campsite. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, Mike, uh, Mike, what about you? Yeah, you know, I, I've been role-playing the last couple times I have been in Skyrim. So I will walk until it gets dark and then, you know, set up camp and camp until the morning and then get up and you know do the next part of the quest or whatever the case might be so a lot of times that's where i use it i've never run frostfall for survival mode stuff i've run i needs so it tells you hey you're hungry you better eat hey you're tired you better sleep um but it doesn't really penalize you the same way frostfall does and definitely doesn't have like the cold climate issues um so but i use it really just hey you know i've got a tent and i can set up and my followers can sleep in the tent with me and you know we have a campfire and stuff like that so it's you know it it definitely adds immersion but 
I've never played the survival version, so I'm really looking forward to this survival mode and see how it works. <laughs> right, and you can cook food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Which, and... if you don't kill Nazim, I guess you could cook food anywhere. But you know, yeah. <laughs> somebody's got to kill Nazim every time he sees him. <laughs> well, just, just I, I've never actually killed that dude ever. Uh, it was just this one time. I was like, you know what? I'm playing an Nord, and I don't like his face. So crush. <laughs> Is it? There is one mod where you can put him in one of those crow cages, like swinging from the, above the, <laughs> the the buttresses as you walk towards the yeah. uh, uh, the dragon's keep. There. Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. That needs to be. Uh... You ever get to the sky district or the cloud district? Yeah, you dumbass. You, how do you like it up there? <laughs> yeah. Now you're now you're swinging in the cloud district. How do you like that? <laughs> you obnoxious jerk. <laughs> you're so mean. Oh, uh, one other thing real quick, too. So for this mod, uh, again, Campfire, you can find this, um, of course, on the uh, on the Nexus. Uh, or you can also find it at uh, SkyrimSurvival.com. All right. Very good. Got that in there. All right, guys. Uh, well, this is the end of our show. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for, for certainly uh, listening, downloading as well um we do appreciate all of the uh the massive support that uh that you have given us um i have to say uh the last couple of weeks here as far as like our podcast ratings go have been nothing short of of just jaw dropping um the last three weeks now we've had all summer long we've we've been doing um very very well we've we've been on a uh, as far as our ratings go we've been on an, uh, a steady incline for the last year and a half actually but this summer um we've we've doubled that and we've had like a a, a huge like bump for some reason and then a steady incline from there the last three weeks uh, we probably have doubled that that increase in a sharp upturn, which was amazing to see. So we're we're doing, we we are smashing, absolutely smashing, obliterating our our highest ratings records that we had in 2014 when um, Elder Scrolls Online was first coming out and people were listening to us because they were excited about that game. We're smashing those ratings records for us, and. Um, I think I have an idea as to like some of that, like why some of that is happening, um, but I, uh, which I think is directly related to us getting rid of YouTube, and I think a lot of our our YouTube listeners are are now just coming to podcast um, to to get the show, but that doesn't account for all of it. Uh, maybe a quarter of it accounts for um, the rest of it is is just other folks just sort of uh, finding the show. So um, I want to thank everyone listening right now for that, especially um, if you've if you've uh, shared our show, if you've retweeted us, if you've uh, word of mouth said, hey, by the way, these guys are awesome. Check it out. Um, whatever you're doing, it's working and I really appreciate it. And um, I just want to take a moment to just say thank you. Thank you very much for for listening, downloading and of course, for sharing us on your social media you know, Twitter, Facebook. Um, some of you out there have tossed us on um uh, some some message boards as well, I think, and maybe even Reddit. So uh, so thank you for that. It's it's meant it's it's meant the difference. It really has. So um, it's been a collective effort from all of our listeners. And uh, if you're listening, so I'm thanking you very much for for that. It was really awesome to see that. Uh, final thoughts, starting with Mike. Uh, this was a good show. 
I enjoyed uh, the yeah, research was. on the mead and the mead hall and the scald. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, next one will be just as entertaining. Maybe a little less alcohol involved, though. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Zephan? I'm going to be busy for the next episode. Um, yeah, not sure when it is, but I'll probably be drinking some mead. So Okay. All right. Very good. <laughs> no, no, I can't wait for the next episode. It's going to be awesome regardless. But I do need to find some more mead. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, I will. I, you have I, a couple I, weeks. You can make some. Right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't wait that long. No. <laughs> a little too long for, for Zephyr to wait. Um, so this this episode's being released um, the uh, the night of the 11th, probably the morning of the 12th. Um, so, so as of, as of you listening right now, uh, we are going to be recording Elder Scrolls off the record next week. All right. Um, if you did enjoy the show, uh, perhaps you'd enjoy some of our, some of our other, uh, shows that we do like late, late night Elder Scrolls is, is one of our streams that we, we run, um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 2.30 AM Eastern time. Uh, Zephan and I just, we're late, we're late night crawlers and that's when we're streaming. Um, so, so be sure to check that out on our Twitch channel as well as, oh boy, we've got so many streams going on right now. Um, Mike, I want to, I want to, uh, mention your, your, um, your stream for, for Elder Scrolls Online, the, the, uh, Sunday Night Trials group. Yep. What time does that start? Uh, usually nine o'clock. Okay. Uh, last week I have to thank, uh, Kelly and the group because, uh, I was not able to make last Sunday. Uh, and they pulled together and uh, ran a trial, and uh, you know there was no glitches, and they you know had a good time. So, you know, we really want to t- thank them, and uh, I'm hoping uh, this weekend we'll have a trial on Sunday, and then that they'll come together again next Sunday uh, when I'm going to be out camping in the wilderness uh, with my brother. We're gonna primitive camp uh, that weekend. Wow. So, um, you know, pack it in, pack it out, you know. Carry your water 10 miles in, 10 miles out, backpacks, hiking, you know, all that good stuff. So unless we get torrential downpours, uh, that's my plan. So it's like, yeah, um, so there'll be a trial this Sunday. And, uh, you know, by the time our listeners are listening to this one, the Sunday uh, following the podcast, there probably won't be a a trial stream. But, um, yeah, we'll be back the week after. Mike's going to be playing real life Skyrim survival mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just thinking about it, it's like I need to pack in three liters of water, and you know, it's like wow, that you know, that weighs a lot right there. Three liters of water. Yeah. You know, to carry in for myself only. My brother has to carry his own water, and how much more water do we need? On you know, is three liters going to be enough for two days? No. Water in the car. Water, you know, on the way out. A bottle of whiskey. Wow. <laughs> bottle of whiskey too huh no we're not bringing that <laughs> i was gonna say that's how isn't that how the blair witch project started <laughs> <laughs> a couple of nerds go wandering into the woods this was the footage found <laughs> so um also uh we've got to throw out there um dancing with daggers okay um friday night it's our our uh elder scrolls uh, online Daggerfall Covenant centered stream on Friday night. 
starting at. Um, what time are they starting that now? Is it 10 or 9? Because I know they switched the time. I think time. it's 10 now. Okay. Um, so it's slightly earlier than normal. All right. Um, QG D&D. Hosted by Mark. He's our, our dungeon master for our, our Dungeons & Dragons show. Quest Gaming Dungeons & Dragons. New episodes are up right now on questgamingnetwork.com don't forget to subscribe to that podcast it's a lot of fun it's amazing mike's on there and many other uh different uh, community uh, members for quest gaming network and uh, we did record a, a amazing episode of that at uh, QGNCon, which just passed so be sure to check that out that was a ton of fun a lot of laughter going on there and um so much more go to uh go to uh, our our um our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork, and of course, our uh, website, questgamingnetwork.com, to find more. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, questgamingnetwork.com. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys. <laughs> We're done. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you know, was there anything else? Yeah, there was actually one more thing. Um, I want to thank everyone who made QGNCon happen. Uh, QGNCon 2018 has been confirmed. Uh, we are doing it this winter. We're going to be releasing more information on that this winter. So, so, uh, December, January, we're going to be, uh, getting our ducks in a row and giving you all the info for QGNCon 2018. Now that we've done one, it's going to be, uh, this is, this is going to be coming a lot faster and a lot more, uh, definitive information. So we'll be doing it better and better as the years go on. All right, folks, thank you for listening, downloading, and all of your support. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you. Oh, no!